Happy Sunday, Lighthouse! Welcome to another beautiful Sunday service dito po sa ating Lighthouse Facebook page or if you guys are listening or watching via YouTube. Magandang umaga. Ako po si Pastor Nikki Floho, your Yamo or Young Adult Pastor here in Lighthouse. And I hope that you guys are all hungry and ready to receive God's Word this morning. And gusto ko pong pasalamatan ang aking mga kapatid sa Yamo Ministry. Of course, narinig niyo po si Brother Joed Magno, uh, Pastor Ivan Bautista, and si Brother Joshua Lerin for just ushering us in prayer and exhortation this morning. And yung pong mga uh, guwapo kong mga partner, they're all from the Yamo Ministry. And speaking of, today rin po, we are celebrating Yamo Sunday. All right? And for those of you who don't know, uh, Yamo po stands for Young Adult Ministering to Others in Christ, or what we're calling Yamo Inc., as you can see here, right? And this is a ministry for all of the young adults, uh, young professionals out there. So if you are, you know, 21 to 30 years old, and if you are working, if single ka, or maybe you also have a partner, then this is the ministry for you. And right now, I just want to take this time this Sunday morning to just honor our leaders and our volunteers. So right now, I just want to highlight this core team that has been um, passionately or have been passionately just serving the Lord in this ministry, talking about the past two years during the pandemic po, right? Because when we hit the pandemic a couple of years ago, we all had to, piv- to, uh, we all had to pivot sa online ministry. And nung, nung simula po, hindi po namin alam ang aming mga gagawin. But again, by the grace of God, and of course, by the, 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 the hardworking hearts of these core team members, we were able to continue with our ministry for YAMO, for our worship, for our word, and just fellowship. So I just want to acknowledge, of course, Ati Pia and Pastor Ivan Bautista. We have here si Josh, we have Camille, Nico, Ange, we have Kei Ching, we have Razel, Russell, we have here Nina, uh, we have Zit, and we also have Lek. You know, thank you for you guys. Uh, kayo ngayon. And although some of them have, you know, have, have stepped down in the core membership team because of different seasons, still they allocated their time, resources, and just allowed the overflow of love from the Lord in their hearts towards this ministry. So maraming maraming salamat po sa inyo. On behalf of myself and my wife, Chris, we love you guys and we thank you so much. And if you guys happen to see them around or maybe in church, you know, feel free to give them a tap and encourage them. And also, we want to thank the Yamo elders, uh, talking about the Lozares, the Malinaos, the Chongs, si Kuya Joel Pama, and to Ate Isa Asinas for also, you know, um, giving us a hand during the start of the pandemic. Now, just to share with you guys, this year po for Yamo, we are going through a season of going beyond. So as you can see, it that is our 2022 theme. And just to share sa inyo po, it is a direction that God allowed us to hear and follow for this year. And hindi po ito nalalayo sa Lighthouse Vision of Road to Wholeness. Because for Yamo, um, the, the thrust is that to discover what's beyond the different doors that God is opening up for young adults, kasi nga, di ba, ngayon, nagre-return to office na tayo. Um, businesses are starting to open up again for them. So, new opportunities to expand their careers are starting to open up again. And in that journey, we want to encourage them to still continue 
to search and aspire for God's bigger purpose in this current season as young adults. So Yamo is all about going beyond. And nasimula na po namin to nung February, we were, we were talking about going beyond love. Nung ngayong March, we were talking about going beyond expectations. And for April po, our topic will be all about going beyond wholeness. So right now, if you want to be part of Yamo or maybe you're curious about the things that we're doing, ito pong apat na bagay na pinapakita ko po sa inyo sa screens. Number one, we have Encounter Online that happens every first and Friday of the month. That is 7.30 p.m. We have our Encounter Online streaming service dito po sa Lighthouse page and also in the Yamo Inc. Facebook page. But soon, and we are so excited, na soon po, magkakaroon na po kami ulit ng face-to-face encounter service dito po sa Lighthouse Alabang. So we're all excited and looking forward to that one. Pangalawa po, if you guys want to be part of a discipleship group together with your fellow young adults, then please do send us a message so we can plug you in to a discipleship leader or to an existing group because the journey that you have with Christ is so much more exciting if you are doing it with your fellow young adults. And pangatlo po, yung time and talent collaboration. Dito po, we are calling for volunteers. If you're somebody who you feel like there's so much overflow of, of God's love and graces in your hearts and that you feel like you want to have an avenue to serve Him, then maybe Yamo is the ministry for you. So we are looking for volunteers uh, for, for media, for social media, maybe for the Levites team of Yamo, and also for events. So if right now there's a tug in your heart to serve the Lord in a ministry capacity, then you know maybe check us out, Yamo Inc. Send us a message again. And finally, if you are in a company, or maybe you own your own company, right? And you feel like, um, the employees or the people that you work with need some sort of spiritual activities, maybe a simple Bible study or a, uh, a retreat of some sorts, then we can do marketplace ministry with you guys. So again, we are open for any type of collaboration, again, just for the expansion of God's kingdom. All right, so thank you so much. Again, check us out, Yamo Inc. Facebook page or Dito Po Asa Lighthouse Facebook page. Today, our topic is all about the God of admonitions, focusing on the book of 2 Thessalonians. And last week, Pastor Jojo just so passionately uh, preached about the first book of Thessalonians, right? And his topic was all about the chosen people of God. And the message last week was just so full of encouragement, my friends. And that, and that word encouragement is one of the overall themes in context, actually, of 1 Thessalonians, that upon learning last week, diba, if who, no matter whoever you are, ano yung past mo, ano yung uh, naging background mo before, before you met Jesus, that you can have Jesus in your life. And if so, He has chosen you to be with Him and to live for Him. And it was just such an encouraging message last week. So today, itutuloy po natin ang pagsusuri sa letter ni Paul towards the church of Thessalonica, okay, 2 Thessalonians. And we're gonna find out this morning na connected po ang theme of encouragement to our topic today which is about the God of admonitions. But una-una po, um, umamin po kayo, ito pong word na to, admonition. It's a word that is not part of our uh, common vocabulary, right? If I may ask you, di ba, siguro po, um, maybe 90% of us, right, who are watching right now, maybe don't use the word admonition 
in our you know, daily conversations, right? So it's good that we learn right now sa simula pa lang, what is admonition all about? And also in a, in a spiritual perspective, what is admonition as a Christian, right? So let's define it first. Admonition means it's to give an earnest advice that also serves as a warning to someone about their behavior. So this is to warn, to, to reprimand firmly, um, to rebuke. It's among other words to describe admonition, to rebuke, to reprove, to reproach. Now, admonition, just to differentiate it, is not merely an advice. Because an advice is something where you give a recommended opinion, right? And it's also not a warning because a warning is simply giving caution, right? So, so admonition is like, you know, a, a mix of both. It's a warning that also provides advice, right? Now, let's go deeper into the meaning of admonition. This also comes from the word nuthetau, right? I hope I'm um, pronouncing it correctly, nuthetau. It's a Latin term uh, that means um, to confront, to warn, or to exhort. And itong word na nuthetau, it comes from the word naus, which means mind, and titheme, which means to put in. So, compiling it to the, together, nuthetau means to put in someone's mind to confront that person in his sins, repent, and bring about change. Talking about nuthetau in, in a Christian context, no? Again, to put the Word of God into someone's mind to confront that person in his sins, repent, and bring about change. So, Admonition, my friends, it's also a biblical charge to us, right? It says in Titus 2.15, to encourage and rebuke with authority. So, aside from encouraging, kasi tayo dito sa Lighthouse, mahilig tayo mag-encourage, di ba? Especially when, when we pray for somebody, when somebody approaches us for, for advice or comfort, we love to encourage people, right? But there's also a charge for us believers to, to rebuke, to admonish, especially if the timing and situation calls for it, all right? So, I hope that you guys learned something new today on what admonition is all about. All right, today as we look at the book of 2 Thessalonians, we're going to learn again through the ministry of Paul what godly admonition is all about, both as a person who is receiving the admonition or someone who is called to admonish others. So, would you join me in prayer? Lord, Thank you so much for this wonderful Sunday that you have allotted for us where we can just encounter you, we can hear from you, and we can learn something new about who you are, O oh Lord God. I pray that you would just hide me behind your cross so that every word, every phrase, every idea, Lord God, is from you and that this message is for us, for your people. So we lift up to you this service in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So, tara po at aralin natin ang 2 Thessalonians. And, but before that, just a quick background. Um, again, this is part two of Paul's letter to the church of Thessalonica. All right. And, na nakwento na po ni Pastor Jojo last week yung konting background po on how they were able to, to plant a church in Thessalonica, right? Paul and his companions, I believe it was Timothy and Silas, they were there for around three weeks. All right? But in those three weeks, they were able to, to evangelize so strongly. They were able to plant a church there. It's just that unfortunately, because yung mga Jews, they were maybe just jealous about the, prolifer the proliferation of Christians there, na, na talagang tinretin nila sila Paul. That's why they had to move away from Thessalonica. But nevertheless, 
the church planting flourished and the community of believers continued on with the teaching, with fellowship and sharing. But that doesn't mean that they didn't have any, you know, any share of troubles in their time there in Thessalonica. Kaya nga Paul had to write them first Thessalonians kasi there in that first book, he addressed certain issues. Kasi pinadala niya sa Timothy doon. And Timothy came back with some reports that, you know, the believers there were experiencing some challenges. They were also being persecuted. That's why Paul had to write the first book of Thessalonians. But it seems like the issues that he was trying to address in the first book, um, parang it was still recurring. That's why he had to write a second book to them because the issues were just escalating among the members of the church. And we're going to learn that this morning, right? In 2 Thessalonians, there are actually two key issues that Paul wanted to address. Una-una po dito is what we're going to call and coin as fake news, all right? Fake news concerning Christ's second coming or yung end of times or yung sinasabi nating eschatology. Now, apparently, aside from the false teachers and false doctrines na talagang binobombard yung mga Kristiyano doon. Apparently, meron pa daw false documents. Kumbaga, they were forging letters na kunwari daw galing kay Paul para mas makonvince yung mga Kristiyano in Thessalonica na alam nyo, yung second coming of Christ, actually tapos na po yan. Tapos na po yung end of time. So that was something that Paul had to address. And pangalawa pong issue is all about idleness in terms of their attitude and work ethic that apparently the, the Christians there you know, seem to be demotivated to work diligently both in ministry and in their livelihood. So Paul's second letter aimed to address these issues and to admonish them, to clarify and to counsel the people in Thessalonica. Now, 2 Thessalonians, it's, it's a very short book. It consists of three chapters and I think each chapter has around less than 20 verses each. And we can summarize it in these three things. Chapter 1 is about the intercession for their spiritual progress. Chapter 2 is about the instruction against fake news. And chapter 3 is about the injunctions against idleness. Now, concerning our topic today, which is about, you know, the God of admonitions, what we're going to do this morning is to go through this book and see how Paul addressed the Thessalonians and the method, all right, the method of how he admonishes them, all right? Because usually, when you study the book of 2 Thessalonians, marami dyan nag-aaral or nagsasuri about the eschatology, eh, yung second coming of Christ, right? But for us this morning, we're going to focus on how Paul admonishes them with these two issues of fake news and idleness. So let's move on to chapter 1 which is all about, again, the intercession for their spiritual progress. Dito po may kita natin that um, Paul started his admonition by pouring out praise. I want to highlight the verses 3 to 4. It says here, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Dito po, Paul was acknowledging, you know, the positive things that are happening to the Thessalonians and also praised God in the process, you know, for their efforts. He was commending them that even though they are experiencing persecution or kaguluhan ng fake news or in idleness, that 
a huge number of the congregation there is still persevering, that they are still um, flourishing. Kasi nasabi dito, they are still growing more and more, and their love is still increasing despite the troubles that they are experiencing. And again, all of these were happening in the midst of persecution and trials. You know, maybe the Jews were really upping up their game in, in fighting them off, in convincing them not to believe in what Paul taught them. Maybe they were hurting them. Maybe they were imprisoning them. But they still remained faithful. And lumalago pa talaga sila. Moving on to chapter verses 5 to 7. After Paul praised them, he then reminded them of God's promises. It says here, All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. And third, give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. Dito po, after Paul praised them, he proceeded by encouraging them and reminded them of God's goodness and His promise of protection. Again, three things that we can see here that when we endure trials, mga kapatid, there are actually benefits. So there is a portion of blessing that is reserved for us. It says here, we will be counted worthy, meaning there is a blessing that comes with enduring suffering. All right. Number two, that there is a promise of judgment and punishment towards those who have been hurting us. Although siguro yung expectation natin in timing of justice medyo iba sa how the Lord is planning to to, to, to bring that justice to that person, right? But the promise is that it will happen in God's own timing and His own terms. And pangatlo is all about relief, that there is peace that we can draw from God's presence in our situations, my friends. Paul encouraged them and reminded them that they have God's spiritual support in their times of trial. So sa inyo mga kapatid, if you are in the middle of your own um, you know, feeling of persecution, of, of hardships and trials right now, let this be a strong reminder for you that you have God's spiritual support. Amen? Now, aside from that, punta tayo sa how He spoke blessings unto them. In verse 11, it says here, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you. Highlighting that phrase right there. From spiritual support from God, Paul was reminding them that they also have fellowship support from Paul, from Timothy, from Silas, even though they are far away from each other. They are still being supported and they are being prayed for and thought of. And it's just a simple message of, you know, I'm still thinking about you, my friend. And, and a reminder of God's presence in their lives. In, and for them, I believe that hearing this from Paul, it was such a big deal. Kasi nga, the, Paul had to leave them for three weeks, after three weeks, right? So baka they might, some of them might feel abandoned. But hearing that from Paul, that they are still um, praying for them, that there's that fellowship support, it was such a big encouragement. And for us, I guess a, a takeaway message here is that not to take prayer, and encouragement for granted that even if somebody is far away, you know, especially in the past two years, na kung meron kang accountability partner, meron kang kaibigan na madalas mong ka-face-to-face, you know, kakapihan, you know, to talk about your struggles or you want to share the joys and your successes in life, medyo because of the pandemic, hindi na kayo nagkita because you were stuck at home. 
baka mahina internet sa bahay, right? Or, or takot ka pang makipagkita sa ibang tao, right? Nawala yung connection, right? Even if somebody is far away and you haven't spoken to them for a while, but then you, you suddenly hear from somebody or nakita mo siguro sa kanilang Facebook page feed or Twitter or Instagram or even TikTok, right? Na merong pinagdadaanan tong kapatid ko, may pinagdadaanan tong sister ko. Then don't take it for granted that simple message of, Hey brother, hey sister, kamusta ka? I heard na walang ka ng trabaho. I heard nagkasakit ka daw. What can I do? Can I pray for you? Don't take for granted that opportunity to reach out to others because that small action is a reminder to that person that God's presence is right there in that person's situation. Now, just a side reflection here in chapter 1 that, again, when we are faced with trials, we embrace it. Just like the people in Thessalonica, they embraced it and they allowed it to flex their faith or flex your faith. What do I mean by this? As Christians, we should see trials as half glass full rather than half glass empty. That when we should look at it as an opportunity to flex our faith, to, to trust God even more, to apply His teachings, reflect on the situation, and even encourage one another. And let the, the presence of the Holy Spirit just overwhelm us so that while we are going through that through the trial, we are we are strengthened and we are comforted. I want to throw some questions for you guys who are watching right now. You know, in the past two years of the pandemic, maybe you, you faced a, a big challenge. Maybe maybe there was a time that positive ka. Or maybe you lost somebody you love because of you know of the virus or nawalang business mo. Nawalang kalang trabaho. Did you see it? as an opportunity to flex your faith? Or did you see things as half glass empty? Na kung saan, instead of flexing your faith, maybe you started to question your faith. Yung mga tipong, Lord, bakit ako pa yung namatayan? Lord, bakit ako pa yung nagpositive? Ba't na lang yung kapitbahay ko na masungit, na hindi kristyano? You know, when the pandemic started, if you reflect on the past two years, do you feel like if you're going to be honest with, with yourself, do, do you feel like your faith got stronger or got weaker? What we can learn about the Thessalonians is to always persevere and have faith all the more in the midst of trials. And as an example, Kadina Yishinere ni Brother Josh about what happened to, to him and his wife Rose and their lovely twins, that there were a lot of trials that they had to go through with the pregnancy especially no nagkasakit yung isa na lang anak na babae. But regardless of the things that happened to them na, you know, problema sa, sa health, problema sa paggastos, you know, when I was ministering to them during that time, you know, never silang nagreklamo about, about, about their faith. The words that, they were, that were coming out of their mouth was all about trusting God. And every time they would receive something, it was all praises to our Lord Almighty. And if you just talk to them, they will not hesitate to share that testimony because that was a perfect example of flexing their faith. My friends, don't let the enemy you know, win the spiritual battle because when things get tough in your life, because you're going to lose more than gain something if you let the enemy win. 
Kaya nga, all the more we should be longing for fellowship, you know, the reading of His Word, soaking yourself in prayer and worship, and encouraging one another to flex your faith. Kung nasan man kayo ngayon, I want you to tell the person beside you in your living rooms, so kung nasan man kayo, kapatid, flex your faith. Alright, moving on to summarize chapter 1. Paul's admonition started again with praise, with encouragement, with blessings. So basically, he accentuated the positive. So his first method or step one of his admonition that we're calling here, Admonition 101, is that he approached them with love. If you are called to admonish somebody, wag mo naman agad-agad nasasabihin, Uy, mali ginagawa mo. Uy, ikaw, you're sinning, ha? Mali yan. Like Paul, like what he did, first step is to approach them with love. Start with praising, start with encouragement, start with reminding them of God's blessings. Approach them with love. Now, moving on to chapter 2, the next step in Paul's admonition was by calling out the issue at hand. Ito po yung all about the instruction against fake news. In the next verses, we're going to learn how Paul addressed the issue of fake news to the church in Thessalonica. And dito po mababasa natin in verses 1 to 3 of chapter 2. It says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus, Christ and our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us. And then jumping to verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. Dito po, Paul identifies the issues and the fault of the Thessalonians. And again, the issue was about the second coming of Christ, yung end of times, yung eschatology, that again, ang sanasabi ng mga false teachers and even those forged documents na apparently, dumating na pala yung ano, second coming ni Christ. Na tapos na end of times. So ano pang ginagawa nyo? And the thing is, some of the church members in Thessalonica were, were being affected, were being swayed to believe it. So, so Paul had to clarify these things. Now, why was this an urgent concern for Paul? You know, if you think about it, going back to the first Thessalonians, I believe it's in chapter 4, you know, Paul was preaching about, you know, waiting patiently for the coming of Christ. And in the process of that waiting, he was encouraging them to, to strive or to live their lives in accordance to his teachings, to love one another and to spread the gospel. But because of these fake news, about the second coming being, you know, being coming to pass or tapos na siya, they're done already, then it would have negated Paul's previous teachings about living a Christ-filled life. It would have extinguished their hope of Christ's second coming that if naniwala sila dito, iisipin nila na, okay, we are living in the post-end-of-times era na pala eh. So, ibig sabihin nun, technically, I'm in hell. So there's no, wala na akong chance to go to heaven. So bakit pa magpapakabait? Right? So it would have been disastrous for believers if they would believe this false news, false doctrines, false documents about the eschatology. And another side reflection I want to highlight today is again an issue that is very much relevant now. And I think answers the question yung kanina, why do we need to learn about God's admonitions now? Church, I'm talking about the issue of authenticity, all right? And this is a big warning for all of us that the clamor for authentic people is very much a, a trending topic now, both on a cultural 
and on a personal level. So, siguro muna on the cultural times. No? It, it, as you may know, paglilabas kayo dyan sa may Zapote, ang daming billboards about you know, different candidates for the elections. Right? It's election season. And you know, these candidates, they are just striving so hard to look as authentic as possible para sa mga botante. And tayo as voters, we're trying also so hard to pinpoint sino ba dito sa kandidato sa mga kandidato dito ang authentic na dapat botohin ko. And pangalawa po is the rise of influencers. And I'm not just talking about the digital influencers in, in TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, but I'm talking about other, um, other you know, sects of, of churches that claim to hold the truth about God, but at the end of it, their objective is to just serve themselves and not the Almighty. You know, people are, are distracted by so many truths on, on how to live a good life, how to live your best life. On a personal level, you know, a lot of us, as mentioned kanina, have, have lost touch to our accountability partners because of the pandemic, because we were, um, we were restricted to our homes. We were disallowed uh, no, to meet each other face-to-face. But there are some who were still present who would make that extra effort to reach out, to ask us how we are doing. And I just want to say that it is important now to have people around you who would be open enough to correct you, to admonish you. My friends, we need God's admonishment, admonition now because, again, we live in times where authenticity is being blurred. And with admonition, you know, we need somebody who, who is strong and honest enough to tell us out of love the things that we need to change in our lives because that's how we can improve ourselves, if you guys agree with me. We need authentic people in our lives now more than ever. And kasi hindi naman pwedeng puro na lang, puro na lang positive things ang narinig natin at hina-highlight sa atin, right? We also need to face the dirty truths about who we are as human beings. Yung ating mga bad habits or bad, uh, bad things that we pick up here and there. And, and we need God's admonition because He holds the truth and power to cut through our hearts. So if you have those people around you right now who, you know, unapologetically, out of love, admonishes you with the objective of restoration, my friends, appreciate them because they are God-sent. Now, for those of you who are thinking, ay, pastor, wala po akong accountability partner, medyo bago po sa akin yung term na yun. Then, I would like to encourage you again, it starts with being part of a discipleship group. So if wala ka pa pong DG, again, feel free to message us because in that small group, aside from, from journeying with Christ, aside from having somebody to, to know more Christ about in your lives, you will also, or God will bring that accountability partner with you who will not be afraid to admonish you with the objective of restoration. Okay? Now, moving on with the topic of fake news in 2 Thessalonians, after calling out his issue, Paul proceeded with his admonition by teaching them the truth. In chapter 2, verse 5, I want to highlight here, he said, Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? Dito po, Paul addressed the issue of fake news by reteaching them, all right? Reteaching them of his knowledge of how the second coming of Christ will be. 
Now, if you read the succeeding verses in chapters in chapter two, verses six to twelve, you would Paul would, would enumerate details on what would happen in the actual second coming of Christ. But again, our focus now is really more on the process of his admonition. And after that, Paul gave them some godly advice and encouragement and pointed it back to the gospel. In verses 13 to 15, it says here, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. Dito po, Paul addressed the issue by going back to the truth and to stand firm in it. And this is the kind of faith, my friends, that is expected from us believers because as mentioned, we are anointed, we are set apart, we are first fruits by God, which means the Holy Spirit is present and at work in our lives. Ibig sabihin ito, we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to resist the enemy's deceptions. So hindi natin pwedeng excuse yung, naku, nagganito ako kasi ano eh, hindi ko kaya eh. The Holy Spirit is with you, my friends. So we have to call on the Holy Spirit to activate it, to help us um, remove or shield us from the enemy's deceptions. And aside from standing firm, Paul says to hold fast, to hold fast to the truth, to always go back to Scripture, to the Bible, to the gospel of Christ right away or as a priority, my friends, for guidance and answers. Wag tayong tumakbo sa mga influencers online, right? But we always need to prioritize going back to Scripture, to the Gospel, to the Bible. And to summarize, the basic point of Paul in doing this in terms of our topic today on admonitions is that he addressed the issue with God's truth through Scripture. And again, he went back to God's teachings and, and the revelation when addressing the issue of fake news. But on top of Scripture, my friends, you know, Paul also used another way to address the second issue of the Thessalonians, which is all about idleness. So let me read this to you guys. In chapter 3, again, he addressed the issue of idleness. It says here in 3.6, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. And in verse 11, it says, We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. You know, for several reasons, um, some members of the church in Thessalonica were being both idle and disruptive to the point that it has affected their ministry their evangelization, and even their livelihood, how they were earning money. And they were becoming unproductive citizens in Thessalonica, right? Now, idleness was a major concern for Paul. Why? Because if Christians were known to be busybodies or yung disruptive or idle citizens, yung mga tamad, right, then it reflects 
on how other people will see the kind of God that we serve. Okay? And it, the same goes, to, uh, goes for us, especially sa mga young professionals or even students in school. If, if your workmates, if your classmates, your, your boss, your, your, your teachers know you for somebody who does not produce good works, kung, kung ang, ang reputation mo is tamad, or maybe ang reputation mo or the things that you do is to cheat, to always cut corners, then how will people believe in the God that you say you serve? Alright? The Bible teaches us to, to honor and respect our authorities, and that includes our bosses, our teachers, our parents, our pastors, our leaders. And it also includes our roles and responsibilities in school or at the workplace. So how can we honor God if we are lazy at the things that we do? Or, or if we are disruptive in our workplace, if instead of promoting peace, tayo pa yung nanggugulo, tayo pa yung promotor ng mga kabalastugan in our workplaces, in our schools. If you want to be effective Christians in our fields, then we have to fight idleness. We have to fight idleness because as Christians, in front of the lost, our actions will reflect and perceive who our God is. So it's very important. So tell the person beside you right now in your living rooms, wherever room you are, brother, sister, wag kang idol. Yan, right? Wag po tayong idol. Now, here is another thing that I want to touch on sa topic or sa issue of idleness, really more on a spiritual sense. And this is something that I learned um, recently from a Bible commentary from an American pastor. Ito pong solo Christianity. Now, ano ba yung ibig sabihin ng solo Christianity? Well, solo Christianity is all about having that um, attitude and mentality of it's just me and Jesus. Alright? It's that attitude of it's just me and Jesus. You know, having a deep personal relationship with Christ is, is very much a key in having that, you know, strong faith of really getting to know our Savior. I mean, in, in the Bible, it says in Mark 12, verse 30, by love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. But a part of that commandment is also to love others. Sabi doon, love your neighbors as yourself. You know, love requires connecting to others. And in connecting to others as a believer, we also have to share Jesus to share Jesus and make disciples. So let me admonish you guys right now. If you have been a believer, a Christian for quite a while now, and you don't have that urge to share your faith to the people around you who don't have a personal relationship with Him, then my friends, that is a violation. In a way, you are also being idle in your Christianity. So the statement is this, that solo Christianity, my friends, it is a violation of God's Word. Now, you, we may have excuses. Na, no, pastor, kasi I don't have the talent to speak. Eh. I'm introvert ako, mahiyain ako, or hindi pag ganun ka, ano yung knowledge ko sa Bible, right? You know, again, let me admonish, admonish you guys right now that we may have every reason 
not to share Jesus, but we also have every reason and resource to share Jesus. That's why, you know, this church, I, I thank God that He has allowed us to pivot, you know, doing ministry in an online capacity, doing DGs online, having, um, you know, classes online to know more about God and to strengthen our faith and how to disciple people. So, hindi natin pwede gawing excuse yung wala tayong resources because the Lord allowed churches like Lighthouse to be able to do so regardless of the situation or season. So, don't be a solo Christian. Be a mutual Christian. One who is not afraid to share one's faith, to connect to others, and do it out of love because it is a command from God. So, tell the person beside you again, be a mutual Christian. Okay. Now, how did Paul address the issue of idleness? I want to highlight these verses. In, in verse 7, it says here, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. Here we learn that Paul addressed the issue with God's truth by example. Sabi nga dito, we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any one of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order again to be an example to the church of Thessalonica. Again, they never asked for free items in their three-week stay in Thessalonica when they were evangelizing them, when they were sharing the Word of God. They never asked for free items, for free food, they toiled and worked for their practical needs. So Paul reminded them of their example or their testimony to amplify God's teachings and that it is biblical to work hard, my friends. Yes, as believers, we submit to God's sovereignty that yes, He does provide for all of our needs, but He doesn't teach us to be lazy, my friends, to be idle. Kaya nga faith is both spiritual and practical. And maybe on an evangelistical approach, you know, for those of you guys who are working, you know, treat your work as something beyond your career or beyond just earning money. To treat it as something that would allow you to bless others as well. So to summarize, the second process of admonition of Paul is to address the issue with God's truth through Scripture and example. Nadito, after we pour in praise, after we approach them with love, when we do highlight the negative things and then we try to correct it, when we address it, make sure that it is biblically sound. And you can also use your own testimony in making sure that you are addressing the issue properly. Now, moving on, Paul didn't stop there. In the two issues that we tackled today on fake news and idleness, he always ended each chapter by speaking blessings to them and then charging them. And we can see it in both issues that he raised in this book. In chapter 2, he ended the fake news part of Second Thessalonians with this. Again, who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And in chapter 3, he ended the issue of addressing idleness by this, yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer 
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Here, my friends, even if the people were admonished with their faults, even though na highlight yung kanilang mga yung kanilang mga baho, if I may say so, he reminded them that God is still very much gracious. Hallelujah! Because despite our constant misgivings, eternal encouragement. It says here, peace and good hope are all available for all of us. Parang Sinasabi ni Paul dito, alam nyo, ito mga kasalanan nyo, ginawa nyo ito, masamayan, mali kayo, baguhin nyo yan. Pero, huwag kayong mag-alala dahil ang grasya ng Diyos ay nandyan para sa inyo. Sarap pakinggan, di ba po? And the thing is, it's not just one time because God is not a God of one chance. We learned it before that God is a God of second chances because ang sabi dito, at all times and in every way. And then Paul also included a charge to the people. Again, in verse 15 in chapter 3, he says, Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Here the charge is to pass on forward the admonition and the advice given to pay it forward, my friends. Now, na natin dito that what Paul is teaching us is that when you receive correction, when you receive correction and you learn a lesson, Pay it forward by allowing others to learn the same thing so that that cycle of failure ends and wholeness is restored, my friends. Now, here's a question. Why do we need God's admonitions? Again, speaking of that cycle of failure, and I believe this answers this question, right? Why? Why do we need it now? God's admonition. Simple lang po mga kapatid. Because of our sinful nature. We need, God, we need God's admonition because of our sinful nature. Because on our own, we cannot fully remove the dark spots in our lives, our favorite sins, our ugly past. So we need God to intervene and shed light to those dark spots. You know, part of admonition is also to provide a way forward to change our faults and be on the right track of righteousness. And on our own, again, if we we just try to tackle these dark spots on our own, we might just end up back to where we started. That cycle of failure will just go around and around and around without ending it. So we need God to direct us back to the light, to direct us back to the path of wholeness. So again, to summarize, the third method in Paul's admonition here is to affirm God's blessings and to pay it forward. Now, after meron kang matutunan, magpo kayong, magpo tayong madamot in, in sharing it to others who we feel like is experiencing the same thing. And after affirming God's blessings, we then be commissioned to pay it forward, to share it also to others. Now, how can we effectively admonish others. Earlier, I mentioned that as believers, it is a charge to us, right, to encourage and rebuke with authority. And thank God that through Paul's life in this book, we can learn how to do a proper admonishment to those people who we feel like we need it and how to do it effectively. But again, before even doing so, we have to make sure that our objective 
is all about restoration. That it's not about shaming others. It's not about um, accentuating the negative para lang it seemed like I am more righteous than you or para pahiyain yung tao. But lead that person who's at fault into the path of wholeness. So for us, three things to remember just to wrap it all up. Approach them with love. Again, address the concern with love and don't be short of highlighting the positive things about that person and then praising God in the process. And I feel like this is a matter of the heart that the attitude of how we approach the person and where we start connecting with the person, it's through the heart of that person. All right? And number two, address the issue with God's truth through Scripture and through our own testimonies, through our own examples. Here, when, when we address the fault, we have to make sure that the violation is biblically sound. Hindi siya yung parang violation kasi hindi to naayon sa sarili kong paninindigan eh. It has to be Bible-based. Alright? And in the correction, again, we always go back to the Bible, to the Scripture as our basis of correcting that person. And again, here it's a matter of the head because the importance of going back to Scripture or our knowledge of the Bible, you know, plays a key role in admonishing somebody so that our admonition is, again, it, it's backed up by God's authority and not just out of our own minds, okay? Through His Word. And lastly, affirm God's blessings and, again, pay it forward. Here, again, ending the process with reminding the person of God's graces in our situation and then charging that person to pay it forward. And it's a matter of the hand because there is a charge to share it to others as well. But all of these three steps will work in balance, okay, if our source, our motivation, and our goal is Christ-centered. And it should always be a Christ-centered admonition, meaning it all points back to Him. That, again, the reason for us admonishing others is to, res to restore that person back to Christ, and we can only do that through Jesus. Amen? And highlighting again, chapter 2, verse 16, may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Such a beautiful encouragement that even if we take the steps to admonish somebody, it's a reminder that it is still Christ, my friends, through the Holy Spirit and by His grace, who will make that cycle or that process come into fruition. That when restoration takes place, it means His grace alone allows us to be restored in Him. So the key message is this, my friends, that at the center of it all, it should still be Christ. That through a Christ-centered admonition, we can then find hope. Now, question here is, Pastor, sabi mo kanina, we encourage and admonish by authority, right? Now, maybe some of you are thinking, am I even qualified to admonish others? Kasi nga, hindi naman po ako pastor, hindi naman po ako DG leader, right? And maybe yung gusto kong i-admonish, mas patanda po sa akin, paano po yun? Now, I mentioned earlier nga that in Titus to encourage and rebuke by authority. Let me encourage you, my friends. Titles maybe age even, they don't matter. 
they don't matter. Authority is defined as somebody who has a, a power, an influence in a particular sphere, right? And, but out of all of us, if I'm going to ask you, who has the power or control over our spheres? Who is sovereign over heavens and on the earth? It is God. I, I hope your answer is God, right? God is our authority, meaning when we do admonish, we do so by God's authority because we are His children. That's why it is very important that as long as your motives, your source, your intentions are all centered around Him, then we are doing the admonishment by His authority. Then you are qualified to admonish. So yes, you, are you qualified? By God's authority, you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah for this. Now again, to, to cap it all off, we start off with the admonition, with approaching it with love, addressing the issues with God's truth, and then tie loose ends by affirming God's blessings and to pay it forward. Now, why is God the God of admonition? Una-una po, He is because He loves us. He is a God of admonition because He provides hope for us that He is not the type of God who just um, warns us and ends there or directly punishes us right away. It's not like that, my friends. He does so in admonition where He also provides that space or avenue for us to repent and go back to Him. That is why He is the God of admonitions. Right now, I ask the Levites team to play a song for us that I believe would allow us to continue to be ministered by the Holy Spirit with what we heard today to reflect on the message of God as the God of admonitions. A song that I believe really echoes that call from God to go back to Him. You know, exposing our faults, then to repent and to run back to Him for restoration. Let's listen. You are 
song says if you're calling we're coming we're not walking we're running because we need to resurrender we need to surrender our faults those dark spots in our hearts our old self our favorite sins to you Lord God because you will restore what we return to you restoring as we yield on you thank you to the Levites team for singing us that song now, if you're listening right now and maybe you just happen to stumble upon this you know, online service or na share ng kaibigan mo and you happen to watch it up until this point and you feel like the Holy Spirit is just tugging something in your heart and you feel like you want to surrender your life to Jesus, all you have to do, my friend, is to take those first steps of, of repentance, of surrender, and with faith. It says in Romans 10, 9 that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. If right now you want Jesus in your life in the most intimate way, then I would like to invite you to pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I feel in my heart that you are calling me today 
in the name of your son Jesus Christ and there is a gift you are offering to me right now but before accepting it I admit that I have kept you out of my life and I've been living in so much sin I admit that I cannot save myself but now by faith I am approaching you with a repentant heart and by faith I am gratefully receiving your gift of salvation. And I am now ready to commit my life to you because I believe that you are the Son of God and you died on the cross for my sins and offering me this gift of eternal life and that you rose from the dead on the third day. Maraming salamat, Panginoon, for this gift. And I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior of my life. And I am excited to know you more in this restored life that you have given me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. My friends, if you did that prayer with a sincere heart, then I would like to say congratulations to you, my brother and my sister. Because your new life with Christ starts now. It has now begun. And the thing is, you don't have to do it alone. If you did so, we would like to continue to connect with you, to minister to you in this new journey in your faith. Feel free to reach out to us. Send us a message in the numbers below or send us a message dito po sa Lighthouse Facebook page. Feel free to contact us. Now to my fellow believers who are listening right now, watching us, I want to encourage you to carry on with this lesson on having a Christ-like admonition that again, today is all about confronting our faults and that it is part of, of God's process for us to be restored to Him. That this message serves as a message of hope that again, through admonition, it is a call from God for our wholeness. Again, not to shame us, but to restore us back to Him regardless of how deep your sin is, my friends. And lastly, through the proper Christ-centered admonition that we are now, you know, more equipped in confidence on how to admonish others out of love, Christ-centered, and Scripture-based, my friends. Let me close us in prayer. Lord, thank you again for this wonderful Sunday, for allowing us to learn something new about who you are, you being the God of admonitions. Lord, equip us and allow us to be discerning to your leading if there is somebody around us that you would want us to admonish and also for us receiving it to have a heart that is open to correction and open towards that path of restoration. Lord, I lift up to you the words and lessons that we heard today. It would be planted in our hearts and to grow so that we would be closer to you and be better believers, better children, Lord God, under your authority. So I commit to you this morning, this message in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, amen and amen. Church, would you raise your hands for the final benediction that may the Lord bless you and keep you and may the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and may the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, again, we say amen 
and amen. Have a great Sunday, guys, and we hope to see you in our face-to-face service here in Lighthouse Alabang. God bless, guys. Bye-bye.